the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. This is Al Fadi, and you're tuning in to Let Us Reason. And uh, today, we are going to continue with our topic on hope from the Gospel of John, in particular from John chapter 14. And last time we talked about this, we said that the chapter starts by this amazing uh, statement by our Lord when he says, let not your hearts be troubled. And we looked at uh, the number of things that we are expected to do in order for our hearts not to be troubled. Number one, the Lord commanded us to believe in him, to trust in him. Number two, he gave us this assurance that he is preparing a place for us. And obviously, John, in his gospel, is known to have double meanings most of the time, if not all of the time. So when the Lord says, in my father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Uh, preparing a place uh, can be taken in these two uh, ways. One, going to the cross and therefore making a place for us, we become worthy to enter into the presence of God by faith, by grace, by faith, not by works. So you still have a responsibility to have that faith. No wonder the Lord is asking to believe, believe in him. And if we have faith in him and his work on the cross, then we will be entitled to uh, uh, such uh, a room in that mansion or a place in heaven. And then, uh, the other uh, way to look at it also is that the, the Lord is literally, you know, w when he went to heaven also, is uh, kind of uh, making a way for us uh, technically to enter into that. And we read about this when he made the statement in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Some translations will say except by me. Uh, both are correct, meaning that there is this exclusivity into uh, in entering into paradise and the presence of God only, only through Jesus Christ. It is only through Jesus that we as believers in Christ will be able to follow that straight path into paradise. So another thing that we can do is to follow Christ, know that he is the way, also recognize that he is the truth and the source of truth, and also realize that he's the giver of life. If we recognize these things about him, then our hearts won't be troubled because we are on a straight path to paradise. We are following the truth. We are following the giver of life. And therefore, we will certainly uh, uh, basically 
uh, benefit from this eternal life that he promised us that he will give us. And in the Gospel of John, he talked about it in a variety of ways. He mentioned that in chapter 5. He mentioned that in chapter 6 of John, for instance. And uh, John closed his Gospel by reminding us that our belief in Christ, the Son of God, is to get eternal life and to uh, basically benefit from that as well. And that he is the giver of life in John chapter 1. And the list can go on and on and on. And many of his the I am statements indicate that as well. So, all of these things combined should give us peace and comfort and will not let our hearts be troubled. And in days like this, of course, when we are dealing with this pandemic, uh, with the economy uh, basically at its lowest levels historically, with the unemployment rate at its highest level historically, with people that we know are either infected or maybe some that we lost to this pandemic. I mean, I'm sure all of this have had its toll on people, believers uh, or non-believers. But we as believers, we have the key. We have the solution to this troubled heart, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. As you can see, he is at the center of all of this. Believe in him, trust in him and his work, following him, recognizing him as the source of the truth, believing that he's the giver of life, all of this will be comforting to us. Also, another thing Jesus mentioned in that passage from John 1 to, uh, John 14, I should say, from verses 1 to 7, that he's the revealer of the Father. He's the revealer of God. If you know him, you know the Father. In other words, if we want to know God and understand who God is and how God be, uh, operates with his followers, it is through Christ that you can tangibly understand all of this because Christ is the uh, perfect representation of the Father. The Father is in him, he says. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. If you're dealing with Jesus, you're dealing with the Father. I and the Father are one. There is no difference here in terms of the nature, in terms of the character. Uh, we're not talking that Jesus is the Father and the Father is Jesus. No, no, no. We're not talking that at all. That's a heresy, actually. Uh, the Father is a distinct person of the Godhead. The Son is another distinct person of the Godhead. And in a little bit, uh, he mentioned also the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead, the Trinity. We're talking about the nature, the character. You know Christ, uh, I mean, you know uh, the Father and his character through Christ because the Father is the one who is working through the Son. And the Holy Spirit now in us is also representing both the Father and the Son and not to mention that Jesus even emphatically mentioned that he, the Father, and the Holy Spirit will make their dwelling place in us as he referenced this in uh, this particular chapter, John 14. So with all of these benefits that we receive as believers, it is no wonder then that Jesus is commanding us not to let our hearts be troubled. In other words, be courageous and be comforted knowing that God is with you and in you, in this case, which is an amazing thing. That lead, leads us really to um, uh, basically today's focus, which starts in verse 15. Again, we're, uh, if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and we're talking about the topic of hope. And the focus is basically on John chapter 14. 
And uh, in John 14, verse 15, the Lord said this amazing thing. He says, if you love me, and the you is in a plural. Yes, Jesus was speaking to the apostles at that moment, but he's speaking to all of us right now at this minute. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And that passage is amazing because it almost summarized. This is again verses 15 to 17 in John chapter 14. John 14, verses 15 to 17. It's almost like a summary of everything we have covered so far. Jesus is emphasizing the following. Believe. You know, you have to have believe in him. And that belief is materialized by keeping his commandments. If you love Christ, you trust him, you believe in him, then automatically Jesus is expecting you to keep his commandments. In other words, you cannot be representing Christ and yet sinning all the time. You cannot be representing Christ and breaking his recommendations and his commands and his orders for you. You cannot say that Christ is Lord in my life when you're not even paying attention to his role in your life. Jesus is saying, your love for me is that evidence that you uh, uh, you're, you're uh, keeping the commandments is that evidence that you love me. In fact, Jesus earlier in chapter 13 says the same thing to the apostles. He says, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. By this, the world will know that you are my commandments. He said, you know, so therefore love one another. By this, the world will know that you are my uh uh, will know that you are my disciples. So uh, loving Christ and loving one another is extremely important witness about who Jesus is, is an important witness as to who Jesus is uh, to us as believers. And therefore, we need to pay attention to this. In addition to that, he says also that I am going to ask the Father, notice the relationship between Jesus and the Father. The Father is in me, I in the Father, right? So we're one and the same here when it comes to our divine authority, Jesus is saying. I will ask the Father to send you not just a helper, no, another helper, another comforter. Why? Because Jesus is our helper. Jesus is our comforter. But Jesus says he's going up to the Father going to heaven, and therefore he's going to send us now the Holy Spirit, who is also equal to him. And as a result of this, he identified him as the spirit of truth. Earlier, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? So now we have the helper who's also identified as the spirit of truth. In other words, Jesus is saying, even if I go up to the Father, I am not going to abandon that truth that I am sharing with you. Rather, that truth will continue to be with you. You will still be guided by the truth. Why? Because I am sending another helper. And look what he says, that he will be with you forever. You see, we have Jesus forever. We are in Christ. We will be with the Father forever. And in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us forever. 
it's not just for a moment. Jesus is not saying, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit until you do this, and then the Holy Spirit is going to abandon you. Now, notice he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But regardless of this, Jesus didn't say, and the helper will be with you forever, except if you violate my command. No. That's what's so amazing about this promise, is that the Holy Spirit will be with you. However, if you violate the commandments of Christ, from time to time, the Scripture says that you are quenching the work of the Spirit in you. You will be quenching the work of the Spirit in you simply because when you are uh, eliminating uh, the influence of the Spirit by you relying on the flesh rather than the Holy Spirit. You begin to tell the Spirit to set aside and you want to do it your way. That's what Jesus is basically referring to here, that the Spirit will be with you forever regardless. But the hope is that you will demonstrate that by loving Christ, by following the commandments of Christ, that the people will see and know that you love him through your sanctifying action by the power of the Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Anything you will do, you'll be guided by the source of truth. Okay? Then he said something interesting in verse 17. He says, This Spirit of truth, the, the, another helper who is equal to Christ, who will be in you forever or with you forever, uh, uh, the world cannot receive him. And that's extremely important. We receive him. Why? Because we believe in Christ. When you believe in Christ, in Ephesians says that God will basically put his Holy Spirit in us as a seal, that he is as a down payment identified in the scripture. He will be in us. Later on, he'll say that right now, our Lord. So that's the difference between us and the world. Now, in, in John 16, the Lord says that the Holy Spirit, even though he is not in the non-believer, he will convict the non-believers, meaning as God, he is still able to have authority over the non-believers by convicting them of their sin, judgment, and righteousness, making them know that this is wrong, what you're doing, that uh, your lack of faith uh, in Christ can result in judgment that you are not on the way, the truth, and the life, that you are straight away. So the Holy Spirit definitely have that ability to do so. But in us as believers, the beauty is that he is in us. He's living in us. He is operating from within us, not from outside, but from within. That's another reason why we should have hope and be comforted and not let our hearts be troubled as a result of this. Now, because the fact that he dwells with you, speaking to the apostles, but to us today, after his ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit on the Pentecost, he says he will be in you. We have the Holy Spirit in us as the believers in Christ. That's another reason why we shouldn't let our heart be troubled. That's another reason that we should have hope. In verse 18, again, if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're talking about hope. And in this case, we're using the topic of hope uh, from the Gospel of John chapter 14. And in John 14, verse 18, another reason why we should have hope, another reason why we shouldn't let our hearts be troubled, is what the Lord says, I will not leave you as orphans. 
And that's another important factor here that is mentioned in John chapter 14, the emphasis on relationships, the emphasis on relationships. Uh, our hearts will not be troubled and we will have hope because we are in an intimate relationship with our Savior. He is in a relationship with the Father. The Father is in a relationship with him. Both the Father and the Son are in a relationship with us. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Why in the world would Jesus use a language like this? What makes someone an orphan the loss of a parent or both? Jesus is saying, you're not going to lose us. We're here for you. You're not an orphan. We will be with you. I will be with you. So that's another reason that should give you comfort. Now think about it, you know. Uh, if your parents, when especially when you're growing up as a young person, they they left you, they went to do some errands, you know, or one of them maybe dropped you off somewhere and they are late to pick you up. I mean, can you remember how worried you were, how uh, troubled you were, or if you hear, uh, you know, God forbid, sad news or bad news that they got into accident or worse than that, maybe maybe died. I mean, that causes you to be saddened, you know, and I'm not taken away from those kind of relationships, but Jesus fills that gap. Jesus is the one that will comfort this troubled heart. Jesus is the one that will satisfy that missing link. And that's what he's saying. I will not leave you as orphans. Why is he saying this? Because he's going to the Father. But he says, remember, he says, I'm going to send you another what? Helper. Identified later as comforter. He will be with you forever. He will be in you. No wonder you shouldn't really think that you're an orphan. And earlier, he told us he's preparing a place for us in a mansion also, that we will have a room. You know, the orphans usually are uh, placed uh, in a separate orphanage, basically away from anyone that they know as parents. And uh, hopefully, you know, someone usually will adopt them. That's a new family. And that's exactly what happens to us. We get adopted into the heavenly family. We are now called the child of God because of the authority Jesus has given us. That's why it is another powerful reason that we shouldn't let our hearts be troubled, that we uh, basically will have hope, an ultimate hope. And then he proceeded to say, again, John 14, verse 18, if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and we're talking about the topic of hope, and we are focusing on John chapter 14. In verse 18, I just mentioned, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You see, not only you won't be left as an orphan, but no, I am physically at some point in the future, but also now he's coming back to us through the Holy Spirit. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. Here we can see how Jesus is talking about going to the cross and the fact that at some point he'll also, after his resurrection, will ascend. But you will see me. So they did see him after his resurrection, but then he ascended. But now we see him and know him through the work of the Holy Spirit and how we know the body of Christ by the sanctifying work in the lives of believers. Because I live. Why do we see believers transformed? Because Jesus lives. Jesus is alive. Jesus is the source of the new life. Jesus is the source of the eternal life. Jesus lives. If somebody's dead, how can they be seen or felt or known or even transform you? You can reminisce about them, 
but they're not going to have an impact on you other than memory. But Jesus lives, therefore, he will not leave you as orphan. Jesus lives, therefore, he will come to you. Jesus lives, therefore, he can still guide you as the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus lives, so he can send to you the helper, the comforter, who will be with you forever and will be in you. And you also will live because Jesus says, because I live, you also will live. That's a huge, huge factor as to why you shouldn't let your heart be troubled. I'm speaking to you as a believer, of course, but as someone who's doubting their faith, as someone who is not a believer in Christ, none of this will matter to you, by the way, because you don't even know where to start. And the best way for you to start is to surrender your life to Christ, submit your life to Christ, believe in Christ, ask Christ, basically, uh, confess him, I should say, as Lord and Savior, and ask him to be the one that will lead you to uh, the, the presence of the Father, to lead the way for you. He is the one that can take away your worries. He is the one that can give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. Not that the peace that the world will give you, that material peace, uh, social peace, uh, maybe uh, positional peace, you know, temporary peace, basically. Anything that you try to gain based on temporary things versus in Christ, you get eternal peace, peace that will not go away. It's only you that can quench that peace. If you let your worries and troubles surface or domineer your life, but Jesus has given us all that we need to have help, comfort, and peace because he lived, we also will live. In verse 20, he says, in that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. See, notice now we are included in that equation. Jesus is in the Father, the Father is in Jesus, and now we are in him as well. We're all together. And Jesus is talking here about, you know, in that day, you can take it as the day when he comes back to life from uh, uh, the, uh, the being dead uh, after the resurrection, and literally in the future also when he comes back as well. Both ways indicate that we know for sure now that the Father was the giver of life. And you read about this, for instance, uh, in John 6, uh, Jesus mentioned that. And in John 5, Jesus mentioned that. The Father was the source of that life. Is a pro- When Jesus comes back to life from the dead, that's a proof that he is in the Father who is the source of life and the Father is in him. And now we too live as a proof that the Father and the Son are in us and we are in them. In verse 21, it says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them. You see, you have to have the commandments. How can you have Jesus's commandments? By knowing him. You'll know about his commandments. And then step two, you keep those commandments. You keep those commandments. If you do, he it is who loves me. That's an indication that you love Christ. In doing so, you bring the hope and life for others as well who do not know Jesus. You see how the cycle continues? That you too become the source of that eternal life and hope because Christ is in you, the Father is in you, the Holy Spirit is in you, and the people who are watching how you love Christ, how you sacrifice things for Christ, will also come to know him. That's the hope. And therefore, 
they will also receive eternal life. My time is coming to an end. Next time we will continue with basically our uh, expounding the scripture from John 14 in the topic of hope. This is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi. You can always subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. That's C as in Charlie, Sierra International. And uh, make sure also you consider becoming a Patreon patron. Give to the ministry as little as $1, as much as the Lord put in your heart. You can also give these days by watching our live streams. Uh, by going to subscribe to YouTube or even follow us on Facebook at alfadi.sira. And then you can also give through Super Chat. You can also give through uh, PayPal if you want. There are so many ways you can uh, help us out. Thank you again for your partnership with us. Until we meet again, have a blessed day.